Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you ready for football Friday night? We kick off the Circa Friday Football Invitational Week 3. Joined in studio by two great guys, Derek Stevens, the owner here at Circa Las Vegas, and Al Scaliot, the owner of Brooklyn's Best Pizza and Pasta, the sponsor of the Best Bet segment on tonight's show. Derek, you're with us every week, and I love it, uh, but you missed last week, and I give you a pass. How was the Life is Beautiful Festival here in downtown Vegas? Yeah, at 9 o'clock on, uh, on Friday night, we were doing Life is Beautiful. Uh, we kind of do it every year. Man, what what a festival. My God, I mean, it must have had like 150,000 people over the, over the three days. It was packed. It was a heck of a good time. Brought a lot of business in. Business last weekend was uh, was terrific, really. You know, I noticed there are really no slow weekends downtown during the football season. There's concerts <laughs> out here every night. You're right. I it mean, is, it's changed a lot over the last, uh, what, five to ten years. Well, you could say it's yeah. either football season matter. It's having this great, great show on Friday night that you brought to downtown. <laughs> and thanks to you for putting up the 25000 for the 16 contestants in the Friday football invitational here at Circa. And we're going to have all the plays revealed throughout the show tonight. But in the 11 to midnight hour Pacific is when you get all the good stuff. Aaron Renning and Jeff Whitelaw are going to be in studio for that. Chris Zanuck joins me in here in studio at 9.30 tonight. At 10 o'clock, Dan Saley in studio. And 10.30, Mike Palm is going to be on with us, as he is every week with his best bets. And Palm's off to a hot start, 6-4 and four and 2-0 and oh on his top plays. So Mike Palm at 10.30 tonight. Let's talk about the Circa Survivor Contest first. Because you started out with 6,133 entries. You're down to 2,012 going into this week. As a guy who runs the contest, you probably don't want to see that type of carnage early in the season, do you? No, we want we want people to enjoy this, and we want people <laughs> to have a couple of sweats. But when you lose uh, when you lose two thirds of the entries in the first two weeks, it's pretty brutal. Um, you know, I I've said I've been playing Survivor for now thirty years, and I don't remember I do not remember a season where there's been this much carnage in the first two weeks. And you know, it doesn't end because this weekend. It's just as tough. Oh, I think this is the toughest weekend yet. Now, some people are going to say week one, but I thought the Ravens were a really safe play in week one. Uh, I was surprised that more people didn't use the Ravens, even though they were the top choice. But, Derek, this week, I, I stopped over at the Golden Gate tonight, and I was talking to one of the valet guys, and uh, he told me he's still alive in the Survivor. And he said, uh, I have no idea who to, use, who to use this week, what team to use this week. And I said, man, I think this is the toughest week in Survivor. I really don't see a safe play out there. You know, uh, I, I know what that, do you think? I know there's going to be, you know, there's a few people that are probably in the house right now because I'm sure there were some people that took, that took the Browns yesterday. Right. Um, going in uh, to the weekend as of a couple days ago, I thought you would see a lot of Chargers play. And I thought you'd see some Vikings, um, but the Chargers now. I mean, this the, the, this is over. I mean, how can you take the Chargers? I mean, the 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 contest line was a seven, 
Um, the actual line right now, we went to a three and a half a little bit. We're down to a three. So I don't see how you could take the Chargers in Circus Survivor. So where does it fall to? I think you're going to have another week with a handful of teams. So this is this is a very, very difficult week. Uh, I would probably use the Bengals, but I hate to use road favorites. I, I was going through this tonight, and I had a, a friend who's still alive in this contest. He lives in New Jersey, and he texted me a couple days ago, and he said, I, I want to use the Chargers. I said, I wouldn't do that because I don't think Justin Herbert's going to play. You know, And even right now, he's listed as a game-time decision. We're going to talk about that in the second segment tonight, what that does to the Circa Millions, uh, like you said, the inflated number on the contest line now. Uh, I think the Chargers were going to be a really popular pick by a lot of people. Now you can't use the Chargers. You got to toss that out. What would you use? Let's say you. If I was say I used the Ravens in Week One, but then last week, uh, what was the play I was talking about using last week? I can't even remember. Packers, Packers over the Bears. Uh, I would probably use the Bengals this week. What about you? What What are you looking at? I would. uh, I would probably take a look at the Bengals as well. And obviously, every one of the actual circus, circus survivors can use the Bengals because obviously, the way these 2012 contestants are, are in there, none of them have taken the Bengals, or they wouldn't be on the sheet. So, <laughs> so 100% of the pool could take the Bengals. I think the Bengals will be up there. I do think you might see a little bit of Kansas City money, but again, you got to take these road the, the road favorite. So, I think it's going to shift a little bit to Cincy, a little bit to uh, a little bit to Kansas City, and that's kind of how I see it playing out. You're going to see a little bit of Vikings, uh, but, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but I, but I don't know. I mean, I think the Lions might be a live dog. Well, i got to give you credit because last Sunday after I sat in with Brent Musburger for the final segment of his show, we went out to your box, we watched the morning games, and I asked you about the, the Washington-Detroit game, and you said, I think the Lions are going to kick their ass. Yeah, what a game that was. And yeah. they did. And they sure and they, did. And they, they delivered. You can't say that too often about the Lions and be right, <laughs> and you were right in uh, week two. And I do think the Lions are dangerous dogs in that game at Minnesota uh, this weekend. Do you feel safer playing the Steelers, excuse me, safer playing the 0-2 Bengals in New York against the Jets or the Chiefs on the road against the 0-2 Colts? I think that those are going to be uh, really popular plays like you mentioned there. But the Bills are down four defensive starters. Yeah, I mean, that, now, that's... Now the Bills are road favorites in Miami. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the tough thing with uh, with, with Buffalo with with uh, four defensive uh, starters that are out. So you you've got these injury issues that are really starting to pile up and make this week even tougher. All right, let's take a look at the. Uh, so what would you use if it's down to it? See, I, if I, I had said, to use it right now, I tell you, I would use Kansas City. Would you? Okay. So I said I would probably use the Bengals because I don't think I'd want to use the Bengals again all season. So you get the Bengals out of the way, hopefully, and you still have the Chiefs alive. Yeah. Who knows. Uh, anyway, I think it's going to be a tough decision for a lot of people this week. And uh, I, you wonder when so many people get knocked out of Survivor, you got two-thirds of the field knocked out. Does that discourage people from getting in it the next year? Do you think they're angry about the way things turned out and say, I'm not going to do that again? You hope that's not the case. You right? hope that's not the case, yeah. but it, but it's clearly something we've been, we've all been talking about for the last 10 days here. It's like, this isn't what we want. We want people to get a couple wins under their belt. Because if you get knocked out in week one, yeah, you just don't feel you don't feel very satisfied. You, yeah, everybody's when you get knocked out of a survivor, of course you feel angry. You you, you have those emotions, <laughs> but you, if it happens in week one, you you just never even had the had the had the joy and the benefit of a right. couple wins. Right. All right, let's take a look at the circa millions results now through two weeks. And Derek, we do have some people out there with a perfect card. Can you believe uh, it, two man? Weeks ten 
and oh, no, 15. I can't believe it. Huh? 15 yeah. of them at 10 and oh, that's amazing. And start out with how many entrants? Uh, what do we have? 40, uh, was it 4,900 around there? 4,800? Yeah, I think it was around 4,800. So you got 10 and 0, 15 entries, 9 and 1, 85 entries, 8 and 2 is 320 entries, 7 and 3 at 624, 6 and 4 at 835, and then uh, 965 entries at 5 and 5. Derek, I'm at 6 and 4 in the millions. I was 4 and 1 in the first week, 2 and 3 last week, and I'm still bitter about losing with the Raiders. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're in the mix. I mean, obviously six and four is right, right, yeah, right, okay. right about there. You know, I mean, but having 15 entries that are that are 10 and 0 is amazing. It is. But it's also amazing there are three entries that are 0 and 10. <laughs> so, so we've got we've got a you know two weeks to go here, and we got three three heavy favorites for uh, for the booby prize. Four thousand six hundred ninety one entries I see here in the Circuit Millions contest, and. Uh, 15 entrants, 10 and 0, uh, as we head to week three. So uh, be interesting to see how many perfect cards we have uh, when we check in this time a week from now. Uh, let's talk about the uh, circa Friday football invitational as we uh, wrap up uh, this segment two. And I know Al Scaliot, who's sponsoring the best bets segment of the show, is really into this because you respect a lot of the guys in this uh, in this uh, invitational, and you want to follow their plays each week. And you're a sports better. I've known you for years, and you like the fire, uh, so you like to see what the respected guys are playing every week. Yes, I do. Very important. And you have 16 of the best handicappers that I know of. Two of them are going to be in studio at 11 o'clock tonight. That's Aaron Renning and Jeff Whitelaw, professional sports bettors, going to be in here with uh, their five top plays for the weekend, including their best bet. Uh, Derek, what type of feedback have you gotten on this uh, invitational so far? Well, I mean, it's been terrific. I mean, I think uh... – We've actually noticed, uh, you know, we, we since we talked on Sunday, we've put it up on our link. Uh, we've actually noticed a little spike in web traffic. And and I, I know with VEASAN posting it up here, um, obviously this show is on pretty late on the East Coast, but I've got a lot of feedback from people on the East Coast. First thing they do in the morning, on, on Saturday morning, they want to see. I mean, you got a lot of college plays on here. So, uh, I mean, so this is terrific. And I, I'm, I love these records. I mean, I mean... There's there's a lot of winners here. This is this is really really good stuff, man. Obviously, week one was better than week two. We'll see uh, how th week three turns out. But uh, week one was a, a hot start for a lot of people in this contest. And Chuck Edel did not cool down much in week two. Chuck was five and zero in week one, four and one in week two. He is the overall leader. Chuck, a professional sports better out of Vegas. You can see the standings right there with the Brooklyn's best uh, logo on the screen. Chuck Edel nine and one. His only loser was his best bet last week. Uh, Chris Felica, the Bear from ESPN, Steve Fezzik, Big Randy McKay, and James Salinas all tied for second at seven and three. And uh, actually, Felica, Fezzik, and McKay two and zero oh on their best bets. And the best bet record is only used for tie-breaking purposes down the road when we start to eliminate uh, guys from this contest. Starting in week nine, that's when the elimination phase starts, and the last place guy. Gets cut. You've got Brian Edwards, Mark Lawrence, Mike North, Doug Kazarian, Dan Saley, Chris Sanook, and Aaron Renning, all at five and five. And then Joey Toons, Fortuna, Bobby Buckets, Brubeck, and Paul Stone right there at four and six. Nobody's out of this thing by a long shot. We're only two weeks into it. You go eight weeks before we get before we start to cut down the field. Derek Stevens, hang around for one more segment, okay? Gotcha. 
Al, thanks for coming in this week, man. It's great to see you. My pleasure. And thanks for bringing the uh, Brooklyn's Best Pizza in for the crew every Friday night. We appreciate it. Happy to do it, my friend. That's Al Scali and Derek Stevens back here in a couple minutes on the Circa Friday Football Invitational. Descend the Sports Betting Network. This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including the daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VSIN hosts and guests, 24 7 video, and much more. Sign up on our discounted football special. Get VSIN Pro access to everything we do now, all the way through the Super Bowl. For only $175, or you save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription. And bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all the options. Become part of the Sports Betting Network. Matt Eumann's here with Derek Stevens in the Circus Sportsbook, the vcin studio. And uh, Derek, Thursday night football had a wild ending. It was not a highly entertaining game, but the Browns led 23-17 in the final seconds. The Steelers do that. Uh, typical nonsense with the laterals. The balls fumbled back into the end zone, and the Browns win the game 29-17, to which screws some people who bet teasers. A little bit of a, a quirky outcome in that one for the Browns to win by 12 in a game that was uh, tight. Like you said, the Browns were played by a handful of people in the Survivor Contest. I know there's some that played the Browns. Uh, what was the result for the sports book here at Circa last night with that game going over the total and the favorite covering? Well, that last play was a that play was a disaster. It was just a disaster. Remember, man, we I mean we had like a seventy thousand dollar decision on the alt line of ten and a half. Oh, this thing was this this was about the worst outcome, the worst the worst last play you could have ever dreamed of. Um, yeah, and obviously, obviously for uh, for a lot of Steeler backers, it uh, it changed their teaser their teaser situation for the for this weekend. But for us, the biggest thing was that ten and a half point alt line that we had posted, you know, all week long, and uh, and it was a pretty big decision on on the uh, alt, alt spread. Steve Fezzik, who was in the uh, contest here, the Friday Football Invitational, he tweeted about it uh, last night, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of betters who were really irritated by the way uh, that game finished. Fezzik tweeted out sarcastically, "I have not checked the final score. How did my live under 42 bets do?" And being sarcastic at Fezzik Sports. That's a better way to uh, lose a game. And uh, I've been better about that Raiders game all week. You and I were sitting out there in the box watching it last week. It looked like the Raiders had the game in, under control. They're up 20-0 and half, 23-7, uh, five minutes into the fourth quarter. And it seemed like Kyler Murray converted fourth down after fourth down. And then there was a phantom flag after a fourth down. The Raiders defensive stop. It looked like they were going to win the game 23-15. There was no penalty in the back of the end zone. That was complete garbage, and the Cardinals end up winning the game in overtime. But you have to live with the bad beats when you bet the NFL. Yeah, you sure do. I mean, the, these first two weeks have really been unbelievable. I yeah. mean, some of these comebacks. I mean, this this Miami the 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 Miami game was on you know unbelievable as well. So when you look at what's going on here this week, man, the line moves that we've seen. You know, we uh, we had Baltimore early on at two and a half. It's up to a three right now. Obviously, we talked already about about the Chargers. Was you know was a seven. It dropped to three and a half. Now we're down to a three because everybody everybody's still taking taking Jacksonville. At some point, you got to figure on a three. You're going to get a little buyback. Just 
thinking that maybe maybe Herbert's going to be able to play. Um, a couple of moves that have happened uh, just recently. Um, you know, Tampa went from uh, Tampa Green Bay went from pick um, up to uh, Tampa Bay's a one. Uh, Atlanta Seattle was a pick, and now Seattle's a one. And uh, we had Dallas and the Giants as a pick, and now the Giants are a one. We, you know, it's easy to get off the off these off these pick em, pick em games, but now we got three of them uh, all at one point favorites. You know, last week we had the crazy comebacks by the Jets, by the Dolphins, and by the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, that was uh, it was great atmosphere here in the Circuit Sportsbook on Sunday. Uh, let's look ahead, like you said, here to Week Three, and uh, the contest lines. We have the contest lines for the Circuit Millions contest. Let's throw them up there because. Wes Reynolds was uh, walking out of the studio on the show before us. I think this is an interesting debate. If you're in the contest this week, do you take the Jaguars and the points? Let's move uh, to page two in this because this is the game we're talking about here. The Jaguars are now, in the, in the contest line, the Jags are plus seven, Derek. And like you said, in real life, the Jags are plus three. If you're in this contest, do you take the Jags and the good number or as Wes Reynolds said before he walked out, he's not taking the Jags because a lot of those, a lot of times, when you think you have a freebie, those games blow up in your face. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's where the value is today. You got a game that's a three, and you can get plus seven, and mm -hmm. you're going through some key numbers. It makes sense, but you know, as Wes said, a, a lot of these have blown up. They they blew up mm -hmm. last year on, on yeah. situations like this. So I can understand Wes's position of of. Uh, of saying I'm going to pass. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to take the Chargers laying the seven, <laughs> but but I can understand why people would not take the Jags because of what seems like something that's too good to be true right. many times is. It's interesting for me because uh, the two plays I wrote down in the beginning of the week that I liked the most, I, I thought I was going to play, were Jaguars plus seven and Panthers plus three. Those were two of my favorite plays in the NFL. And uh, I was going to play the Jags even with Justin Herbert out there because I didn't think he was going to be 100%. He's going to be limited by the rib injury. And I, I, I really like the way the Jaguars are playing. You know, last week you and I were talking about it. I said, I hate to say it, but the Jaguars were my favorite bet. They were my best bet last yeah. week. And they came through against the Colts, and they shut out the Colts. I don't like to play the Jaguars too often, but their defense looks legit. Uh, did you talk to Matt Metcalf or Chris Bennett here at Circus Sports about this game? Uh, because... If it is indeed Chase Daniel, a quarterback for the Chargers, and signs are pointing that way right now, is this game going to drop to two and a half? Where does it go? I think uh, I, I was with them. This topic did not come up today, but I think the fact that we went to a three, I think that number is such a such a uh, strong number. It would it would it would really it would really surprise me if you dropped to a two and a half. I mean, um, did you take a lot of money on the Jags at, at lines better than three? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you have we, a lot of liability on this game at this point. Right, right now, right now we have liability on uh, on the Jags. It's all the way from from the seven all the way down here to the three. Yeah, six figures. Is oh it, yeah, yeah. Big, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, big liability on this one. Okay, so you'd like to see that Jaguars play blow up in people's faces. Well, yeah. I mean, I also <laughs> Herbert's my fantasy quarterback, so I'd like him to be active for the line goes back to a seven. <laughs> Uh, we we got we got the backup. We got Chase as our backup. Oh, so. is that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some other games this week. The Bills, Dolphins, and you know I, I've said this uh, in the past week, kind of joking, but it's true. The public is going to bet uh, USC, Ohio State, and the Buffalo Bills every week. 
but what about the Bills this week? Because you're starting to get some uh, bad news here late with uh, four defensive starters being down. This Dolphins offense looked legit last week in that comeback against the Baltimore Ravens. Are the Bills still going to draw huge money this week on the road in Miami? I think uh, I think we're going to see Miami money, actually. Okay. I mean, as great as, as Buffalo looked in these first couple games, I think there's way too much concern with four starters for Buffalo that are that are already known to be out. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this Miami offense, this is a fun offense to watch. I mean, they 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 got a lot of pop here. So I think when you start taking taking a look at a home team plus that many points and the way Miami's looked, I think we're going to be seeing Miami money that's going to be coming in throughout the whole weekend. Dolphins could be live dogs in that game. Like you said, you got two of the fastest receivers in the NFL. Make Tua look better in that offense. Talk about Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. All right, Lions-Vikings. I know you're dying to talk about this one because the Lions looked legit. Actually, uh, you know, I, I think that was the team that started to gain a lot of public support in the preseason. The HBO Hard Knocks special had a lot of people believing in the Lions for better or worse. But last week they delivered against the Commanders. If you think about it last year, Derek, the Lions had the Vikings beat on the road. They had the Ravens beat at home. They suffered heartbreaking losses in those games on long field goals at the buzzer. There's no doubt that the uh, the Lions can go on the road and beat this Vikings team. Would you take the six, setting your bias aside? Do you think that's the right play? Yeah, you know, I think the way the Lions played, and and frankly, the way the Vikings played, I'd rather have I'd rather have the six points. Yeah, I think the Lions are a live dog, but the one thing the Lions are still the best in the NFL at, the best team on a backdoor cover that you could ever mm-hmm. dream of. I mean, this this is like two decades. You know, if they're losing. It's unbelievable how they can get a backdoor cover. So, on that six, I would tend to think we're going to see we're going to see that number possibly uh, um, a little lower by the time kick goes on Sunday. Okay, we got a, a quick two minute drill here with no timeouts. Chiefs Colts. How do you think that game's going to be bet right now? Chiefs five and a half point favorites in Indy. Yeah, people still love the Chiefs. I would say that number's going up. Uh, Raiders Titans. Now the Raiders uh, favorites on the road, but they're going to be down Hunter Renfro. And maybe Josh Jacobs in this game. It's that that the money's coming in on Tennessee. I could see that game going off as a pick. Uh, how about Packers Bucks? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, do it again. Brady's owned that series, that rivalry recently. But like you said, this was a hovering right around that pick'em range. Yeah, I mean, we started to see the money. It's Tom Brady money. We're up to a one right now. I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes off at a two. So Tampa's you, Tampa's a two. Tampa's going to draw more money, no doubt about it. You think? Okay. How about the Sunday night game? That's always an important one for the book's decision. Niners and Broncos and Russell Wil- Wilson has not looked too sharp here in the first couple of weeks. No, I mean I think I think there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of thought that Jimmy G's uh, a better alternative. So um, again, t- having to take a road team, you're going into Denver, uh, but I think we're going to see San Francisco money. All right, that's Derek Stevens. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Matt. Great show. I cannot wait to log on and, and check check out the picks here first thing in the morning. Go to the website, and uh, Derek's got them all up at the D, Golden Gate, and Circa. Quick break here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, welcome back. This segment of Saturday Bet Prep is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke free and spit free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. Whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, 
Zen is there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com at Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, Chris Zanuck in with me now. Follow him on Twitter at Las Vegas. Chris, C-R-I-S. Man, you like Twitter. You've warmed up to Twitter. I've noticed you tweeting a lot here in the past year. I thought you were so busy with work, you wouldn't have time to tweet, but you, you find time to tweet. You know, I used to... Uh, uh... I actually have an extremely low tweet volume. So I, I, I get one and a half followers per tweet. And I have <laughs> not right. hit 10,000 tweets in 11 years. And I know other people that have hit 10,000 tweets mm-hmm. in two or three years. Okay. So maybe you should tweet more. Tweet more like Rex Byers or Wes Reynolds. I can't, fo- I can't follow. I can't follow a lot of followers that way. All right. Let's talk <laughs> football. You're one of the sharpest around when it comes to NFL. And uh, I want to kick it off here. With the Eagles-Commanders game, and it still feels weird saying Commanders. I hate it's, it. I do, too. hate the nickname. Uh, Philly and Washington, we'll, we'll talk about. The Eagles look so good on Monday night. And Chris, that was um, my best bet in this contest a week ago was the Eagles. Uh, I thought this team was going to be underrated by the public, by the betting markets early in the season. But that's going to be changing. And uh, we might see it changing this week. In week three, I'm not playing the Eagles here as road favorites. And you're playing the home dog. And this is going to be one of your contest plays. The Eagles off that big Monday night win against the Vikings are now six or six-and-a-half-point favorites in D.C. And uh, the, the Commanders plus six-and-a-half was the number at Circa this morning, and that's your side. Yeah, and, and, and it, it's kind of frustrating because you don't like to really, uh, if you see Circa as a lone wolf, so to speak, it's really tough to sit there and bet into their lone wolf stands but uh, i did take the seven that they had uh out there for uh several days this week uh and there was only maybe two or three other books out there that would have that same number but uh, as you kind of uh intimated uh the eagles support i think has kind of topped off at this point and has gotten a little out of hand and uh laying seven or six and a half on the road and in this divisional matchup uh, I think is uh, is a little bit too much. I, I think uh, uh, Washington, boy, they laid a, a, an egg against uh, the Lions, disappointingly. But perhaps the Lions are better than we think they are. So we don't know. You know, it's still too early in the season to know anything about these teams at this point. So uh, I'm going to go. I think this is overreaction week three that bypassed week two because I see a handful of games this week that just. They're out of whack. They're just overcorrected as far as I'm concerned. Well, we'll talk about some of these in uh, those games you referred to in this segment. Speaking of the Lions, Derek Stevens was in here. He's obviously a Detroit guy. And he said last week before the game, he told me he thought the Lions were going to kick the commander's butts. And he was right. He was he was on the money with that, and they did. What do you think about the Lions now as six-point dogs on the road against the Vikings who got whipped and Kirk Cousins looked bad on Monday Night Football? Yeah, you know, as I have a hard time staying neutral, uh, so I kind of stay off of betting uh, if I don't use my metrics with the Lions. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe Minnesota's as bad as they looked on Monday night. Oh, of course. And uh, I don't know what happened. I think Washington's a better team, and the Lions uh, got a little lucky to dominate them like that. I mean, it was twenty-two nothing, and. Uh, just really surprised me. They have a top five running back. They have a top five receiver. Goff has 17 touchdowns and three interceptions with a 104 passer rating. 
since the play calling change. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to make fun of this guy. He's a top 10 quarterback right now, you know, over the recent times that he's played since the bye week of last year. So the Lions have a hell of a lot of good things going for them. They've got a top three or four offensive line. They had three people out last week, and they still dominated. And uh, Hutchinson isn't even their best pass rusher. Mm -hmm. So they've got a lot of stuff to work with, but their secondary is in trouble. You talked about that. That impressed me last week because the Lions were – uh, down on the offensive line, and Detroit still uh, was dominant in the trenches against Washington in that game. So I think this Lions team is better than some things. But like you said, the Vikings are not as bad as they look Monday night. I think that's pretty obvious. And Kirk Cousins is not going to play that poorly every week. But uh, the Eagles uh, caught them at the right time. And I think this uh, Eagles team is uh, one to watch. But well, you- obviously in the market from week to week, I can't lay the six or six and a half on the road this week in Washington. Not going to do it. No, and you've got to be paying attention. The 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 the, the mishap with Minnesota was fully expected uh, because you've got a first year coach, and when you get first year coaches at the beginning of the season taking their first road mm-hmm. uh, trip, well, that's going to cause a little bit of chaos. So that's you know one of the reasons I loved Minnesota, and I said no, 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 first road game, new coach. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stay off of this, and it was a wise move. But I think that Minnesota has the capability to rebound well. But they've got a you know a, a couple of injuries that might harm them. But so well, you should have talked to your good friend Rex Byers last week because he kept tweeting about how much he loved the Vikings in that game on Monday night. And I was like, Come on, Rex, you're on the wrong side. <laughs> yeah, and he loves Syracuse. He talked me out of Virginia tonight. <laughs> Shame on him. Okay, uh, let's talk more. Uh, what do you make of the Colts? Matt Ryan looks old. Colts are 0-2. The Chiefs ride in as uh, road favorites here. And I think they're going to be a popular play with, with the public. The problem with Indy this week, again, Shaquille Leonard, Leonard best defensive player, sidelined once again, third week in a row. Uh, so what do you make of the Colts in this spot? Can you play this dog? Um, I did play this dog. I mm-hmm. had hoped that Leonard would be in. Uh, Pittman's back. That's going to make a world of difference. Uh I feel like I fell for the banana in the tailpipe with the Colts because I just kind of followed the little wave of they're going to be really good and they mm-hmm. could go to the Super Bowl and win it all. And, and I, I somehow, even in my position, I got kind of engulfed in that a little bit. And I never really deep down thought that they would be that good. But they're certainly better than what they played. But with Leonard out of that lineup, he's the heart and soul of that defense. And it affects that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan looks like he's 50, you know, 57, not 37. So uh, something's got to change this game. And that's the way it is with a lot of teams this week. It's do or die, and it's do or die for the Colts. Otherwise, the Jaguars are going to slip in there. Well, the good news for the Colts is that division is going to be uh, up for grabs the entire season. I don't think the Jaguars are going to run away with it. No. And uh, certainly the Titans aren't because uh, that trade of A.J. Brown's going to come back to haunt the Titans. You can put eight or nine guys in the box against Derrick Henry right yeah. now, and what's he going to do? Plus, he's coming off an injury. He doesn't look as explosive. Let's talk about that Raiders-Titans game. Raiders, ridiculous beat last week if you laid the points uh, with what happened in that comeback by the Cardinals. So Raiders 0-2, Titans 0-2. Uh, Raiders drew a little bit of money this week to where they got as high as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, what, what would you uh, play here if you played anything? I'm not going to play this game, but, you know, if you look back, the Raiders somehow travel well uh, out east. Uh, you know, they beat Pittsburgh early last season uh, in week two when they were seven-point dogs. Uh, they went to Cleveland. They won. Beat the Colts uh, late in the season. Yeah, and, and 
they travel well, so you cannot ignore that. As far as I'm concerned, I've said it over and over again, the Titans, even though they were the number one AFC seed last year, never once entered my top 10 list overall. So they already had problems, and they lost players. Right now, and I'm not the only one. I heard another podcast where the guy said the exact same thing. This team could be a bottom five team mm-hmm. by the by the time the, the, the season's done. They're, they're certainly one of the two worst teams so far through the two uh, first two games of the season on my charts. Okay, let's. Uh, we talked about one of your contest plays. That's Commanders plus six and a half. You've got three college games we're not going to talk about now. Those will be revealed in the final hour of tonight's show, talking about the Circuit Friday Football Invitational. Your best bet is 49ers minus one and a half against the Broncos. What do you like about this game? Can I ask you what there isn't like to like about that game? Well, you're playing a road favorite. <laughs> I, I don't I, like road favorites. This is night and day. <laughs> this game is so easy that I, I have okay. to back off betting. It's so easy. I, I, I'm just scared. It's, Russell it's just, Wilson, as bad as he's looked the first two weeks, do you think? You know what? The, 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 the head coach is obviously well, a little a overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, you've got two key injuries on defense. You've got Judy, who's banged up, who's mm-hmm. probably going to play, but he's not going to be 100%. And now you've added Kittle to San Francisco. You've added Garoppolo. Th- this is an utter and complete mismatch. It's in, in, I have no idea how San Francisco is not at least minus three on this. Uh, but we all know when you're betting the NFL, when it looks too good to be true, it usually is. But I, I just cannot see a way Denver comes away with this win. Yeah, you're right. Russell Wilson has not looked good. Nathaniel Hackett, the new coach, just totally lost when it comes to clock and game management situations so far. Did the Broncos hire another bozo as head coach? You know what? You got to give him a little bit of. Uh, uh, you got to give him a little bit of. Uh, you know, uh, space coming out of the gate a little bit, but it's it's looking. It's bad. a poor start. All right, that's Chris Anuk. He's in the Friday Football Invitational. Be back. I'm going to talk college football next. VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Get ready for week three with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance offers every Sunday all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs. If it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday night football. That's the 49ers Broncos game we just talked about. Get your money back as a free bet if they score. At any time, head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. It's a whole new game, BetRivers.com. Big upset in college football tonight. And uh, this is a pro tip. Be careful with playing road favorites on a short week, whether it's uh, college football or the NFL. And if you need an example, look no further than Boise State tonight. I thought that was going to be a popular public play. Nobody wants to bet on UTEP, right? That's an ugly dog. And... uh, even if you follow college football closely, you're probably a little bit hesitant to accept the uh, little bit of improvement that UTEP has shown here in the past couple of years. And actually showed a lot of improvement last year. But UTEP's top wide receiver transferred to Arizona, Jacob Cowing. 
and that was a big setback. But you didn't notice it if you watched tonight. How about this? Boise State, a 16-point favorite, minus 750 on the money line, goes to El Paso and gets whipped 27-10 to by the Miners. Uh, talked about the decline in the Boise State program. That might be another tip. Don't think about Boise State's perception. This is reality. Uh, Boise State's program is uh, regressing, and uh, there's no uh, better proof than what happened tonight in El Paso. You don't, uh, you don't go on the road as a 16-point favorite and lose by 17, and uh, there not be something wrong with what's going on. Now, poor quarterback play is a part of it. We saw that in Boise's opening game at Oregon State, but what happened tonight, uh, rather inexcusable. Okay, let's move to uh, some college football previews for this weekend. And uh, I talked about Oregon State. Uh, the Beavers are popular home dogs this week against USC. And uh, a little bit hesitant uh, myself to get on the uh, Oregon State side in this game, but I did at a plus six. And there's been a lot of sharp play on the Oregon State side this week, even though Luke Musgrave, one of the best tight ends in college football, is going to be out. And that's going to be a setback for the Oregon State offense. I still like a lot of what I've seen from this team early in the season. Chance Nolan has improved significantly as a Beavers quarterback. And uh, he, he played Jake Hayner of Fresno State head-to-head, toe-to-toe, all the way down to the last play of the game when uh, the Beavers pulled that one out in Fresno a couple weeks ago. And I think the USC offense is going to be tested uh, by a legit defense really for the first time because we haven't seen that uh, so far this season. I think the Rice game in the opener was pretty much a joke. Stanford, Stanford's defense uh, was disappointing to say the least in week two, and USC won that game 41-28 to on the road. But Stanford coughed up a couple fumbles inside the 10-yard line. I felt like I should have had to cover in that game but didn't get it. Uh, and then uh, last week, USC capitalizes on Jay Kaner's injury and pulls away, and the Trojans win big over Fresno State. I think this is going to be the first time we're going to see uh, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and this offense uh, run into a legit defense. And you're not going to get a lot of legit defenses in the Pac-12, but this is one of them. I think Oregon State is going to be a live dog. They got a high total in this game, 70 and a half. But really, the more you look at the Beavers, uh, the more you believe they could actually uh, trade shots if it turns into a shootout, and it might. Anytime you play USC, there's a possibility that's going to happen because it is going to be tough to control that offense, even for a good defensive team like Oregon State. So I'm on the dog side in that one, plus six. Not, not I would say, uh, not one of my favorite uh, five plays of the weekend, but uh, I'm gonna, I did take the points, t- took six with Oregon State. I did not see any indication that line uh, was going to go up six and a half or seven by Saturday. You might find a six and a half out there somewhere. I don't think it's going to be here at Circus Sports, even though USC is going to draw a lot of action on a weekly basis. How about Florida, Tennessee? I'll talk about this game next because there are a few people I respect who follow the SEC who believe that Tennessee should be favored by 10 and a half, 11 points in this game. I think this number is inflated. I think it's too high. And uh, I'm taking the points with the Gators in uh, this one. I'm going to try to uh, try to get, grab my analysis for this game. I wrote it up on uh, vcin.com as uh, one of my plays this morning. And I uh, can't find that right now, but I'll find it quickly. Uh, so Hendon Hooker, the quarterback for Tennessee, since he took over as a starter in uh, week three 
last season, has put up incredible numbers, 36 touchdown passes and three interceptions. He's the primary reason here. I think that Tennessee has a, a shot to uh, really take out a lot of frustrations on Florida. One, uh, one reason I like the Gators in this spot, they have dominated this rivalry in the SEC. Uh, they have won 16 of the past 17 meetings. You take a team that's 16-1 and one in the past 17, and you, all of a sudden you make it a double-digit underdog for the first time in the history of the rivalry. And I think, first of all, that's a big role reversal, and I'm not sure that the, that the uh, Vols deserve it. I, I thought their win at Pitt in Week 2 was a little bit fluky. It was a, a turnover in the end zone uh, by Pittsburgh that really uh, turned the game around. It was about to be 17-0, and before you know it, it was 10-7, and then Tennessee wins the game in overtime after Pitt's quarterback, Keaton Slovis, goes out with an injury. So I think based on that win, Tennessee's power rating is a little bit inflated. Now, Anthony Richardson is a different story. Hendon Hooker has put up incredible passing numbers. Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback, has not. He's a dangerous runner, dynamic playmaker, but the problem is his passing accuracy is lacking, and I guess you could say he directs a one-dimensional offense. It's a little bit too predictable. He's going to have to hit a few big pass plays, to loosen up that Tennessee defense tomorrow, and he has not been able to do that. There was a lot of Heisman hype about Anthony Richardson after Florida upset Utah. That was a small upset in the swamp in week one, but there was Heisman talk about Anthony Richardson. I thought it was absurd, and still do, that Mel Kuyper Jr. of ESPN ranked Richardson the number four pro prospect, draft prospect at quarterback. All right, through three games, he's got zero TD passes and four picks. Now, like I said... He is a dynamic playmaker, and he's going to have to make a few plays through the air to loosen up this uh, Tennessee defense. I think he can do it. And uh, I'm on Florida here just catching a big number. I made the line seven, so I took 11. South Point actually peaked this week at 11 and a half. That was the biggest number I saw out there. Richardson threw for 168 yards, ran for 106 in that game against Utah. But he's got 53% completions, like I said, the four picks. He's going to have to get better as a passer, and there's no way he's a number four prospect in the draft at this point. I think this, uh, like I said, this number's a little bit inflated. Give me Florida plus 11, and uh, I'll, I'll take my chances with the Gators in Knoxville since they've won 16 of the past 17 in that series. Wisconsin, Ohio State's another one. Uh, I'll, I'll play the big dog here. Uh, like I said, I'll be the sucker who bets against USC and Ohio State when nobody wants to bet against those teams every week. The, the uh, Buckeyes have been really good in the bully role. They beat up on Arkansas State and Toledo. They scored 77 points on the Rockets last week. But if you go back to uh, the first week when I was on uh, Notre Dame catching the 17, 17 and a half against uh, Ohio State, the Irish more than held their own at the line of scrimmage on the offensive and defensive lines. And even though they didn't get much out of the quarterback that day, he was, that was Tyler Buckner before his injury, they, they led that game in the second half, and Ohio State had to rally late to win it 21 to 10. I think this is a similar matchup because of the Badgers' ability to run the ball behind a physical offensive line. You've got Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, two of the best running backs in the Big Ten. What you hope here, if you bet the Badgers and you take all the points, I'm, I'm not making a case for Wisconsin to win the game straight up. This is a big number for a good program. That's a well-coached team that gets a lot of four. It's a share of four of five-star guys, not like Ohio State, but still. Wisconsin's consistently now one of the top three uh, programs in the Big Ten. And you're making this uh, 
Badgers team a 19-and-a-half point dog. What you hope is that Braylon Allen and Chesma Lucy can control the clock, kind of take the air out of the ball, and do just enough to keep Ohio State's explosive offense out of rhythm. That's what Notre Dame did, and that's why the Irish were successful. Even though they lost by 11, they covered, and that's the name of the game here. So how about this? Prior to this trip to Columbus, the Badgers have been the favorites in 24 consecutive games. You're taking a team also that's been a favorite for the past two years and essentially every game for the past two years, and all of a sudden making that team a 19-and-a-half-point dog. Uh, I got to take it. I know the number's been rising this week, and there's some uh, sharp money on Ohio State. It's not just public money. Uh, but I'll take the Badgers, and that current price is up to 19-and-a-half. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if we see a 20 by tomorrow. But, hey, everybody was laying it with Alabama against Texas, too, and that didn't work out so well. Texas probably should have won that game. We'll take a quick break. This is the Circa Friday Football Invitational Show. Uh, up in the next hour, Dan Saley, college football handicapping specialist, is going to join me in studio. Mike Palm also going to be on the line tonight. You're going to get best bets from Mike Palm and me at the end of this hour. And at the 11 o'clock hour tonight, Aaron Renning and Jeff Whitelaw, two of the sharpest professional bettors around, they're going to be in here with their best bets, v the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 